Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Let's all turn in our Bibles to Mark chapter 8, verse 23. About three, four years ago, I preached some thoughts to vision And uh, talked about a few things, and I was thinking about tonight, getting ready for tonight. I had something else I was going to talk about, and just this idea kept coming back into my head. And so I want to revisit this subject because it's a new year, and I would like to challenge you with some clear-eyed observations about vision This is not a rah-rah sermon about the great unknown where we make some promises to ourselves and God that we never intend on keeping, or worse, we don't even know what they mean. But this is an opportunity to call out to Jesus and ask him to open our eyes. How many know the last year and a half, like uh, Ernie Toppin was talking about last week, the last year and a half has been a trying time, and it's, it's caused us to kind of go into a state of myopia tunnel vision, where we're just going to look at what's in front of us, we're going to keep our heads down, we're not going to look too far ahead, and we don't even know what we're looking at, it could be wrong, it could be a mirage, it could be all just, just, just smoke and mirrors, just look down, just squint. One of my favorite quotes, we hear it a lot, T.E. Lawrence, the dreamers of the day are dangerous men, for the many act out their dreams with eyes open and make it possible. See, we need open eyes, we need to see clearly, and we need to look at vision with new eyes. I want to preach a sermon this evening called, Be Thou My Vision, because if the vision thief can take your vision, not only for 2022, but for the rest of your life, and kind of get you in this myopic haze where it's just, well, let's get through Monday, let's get through Tuesday, Let's get to the weekend. Okay, we'll go to church. Let's get through Monday. Let's get to Tuesday. Let's get to the weekend. Okay, let's go to church. And the reason why I'm talking like this because I know exactly how this feels, where you just kind of go into safety mode. But Jesus is speaking to us, and he's saying, look, I want you to see far beyond this. Mark chapter 8, 23 says, So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town, And when he'd spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Father, we thank you for your power and your grace. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would meet with us this evening, that you would speak to us. Lord, that you would bring clarity to our lives, God. I come against all confusion. I come against all sin. I come against all things, God, that would seek to get in the way, and I pray that you'd open eyes tonight in the name of Jesus, amen. So let's look at what we see, because 
we can really only see what's in front of us. Have you ever tried to point something out to a little kid, to your child? Hey, look up there. Look up, no, look up there, up there, right? They're little, they're short. Their relationship to the ground is far more greater than anything else, right? They're looking at bugs and somebody drops Smarties or whatever, and that's what they're looking at. I wonder how God feels sometimes with us. I want to show you the big picture. Well, God, I'd like to, but I, I got to iron my clothes for work tomorrow, so you can excuse me. He takes Moses, uh, Moses. he takes the other guy with a beard, Abraham. He takes him outside and he shows him the stars. But what did he do, have to, or what did he have to do before that? He had to get him out of his tent, right? He got him out of his tent to show him the stars. And there's times where God wants to show us the bigger picture, where God wants to expand our vision, and we are more concerned with the day-to-day and the mundane, and I get it, we're all adults, I get that, I just turned 40 yesterday, we're all adults, I get it, but, thank you, appreciate that, that's, that's, you know, when when people wish you happy 40th birthday, those are words you never want to hear, right, you, you can keep that birthday greeting, I will We're all adults, but God still looks at us and is like, you guys are acting like little kids. You're still dealing with the terrestrial. You're still dealing with the day-to-day and the mundane, and you're you're just pecking around in the dirt, and I'm trying to show you something here, kid. We see tomorrow. We see work. We see the next five years. Or for great people, we see the next 50 years. But in the light of an infinite God, That's only a small sliver of what's actually happening. Let's talk about vision. Because I believe that many times, even as we grow older in Christ, we can think of the word vision as that thing we thought about when we were young converts. We had great vision when we were 23, right? That's all we thought about was vision. God, give me a vision for my life. God, give me a vision for this. Give me a vision for that. Now we're older, we've seen some things. Therefore, vision, Isaiah, the ubiquitous, Isaiah 55, 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, the majority of Christian life is simply God trying to get us to see things how he sees them, otherwise known as faith, right? Pastor Mitchell, Faith is just seeing things the way God sees them. God is saying, hey, what? Book of Revelation, come up here. Let me show you something. That's cool, God. I'm I'm an adult now, but I got doing some irony. Let me show you something. What about the ubiquitous Hebrews 11, 6? But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See, it's not optional where it's like, you know what, God, I will see what you want me to see. Eventually, I got this other stuff that I'm looking at right now, and you know, we'll, 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 you know, I'll check into that in a little bit, okay? Seeing what God sees is activating faith, and the only way to please God is activating faith. I wonder how many times we live our lives and, and how long we live our, li- live our lives, just kind of going through these mundane stretches And God's like, I have so much more to show you. 
And then we turn around and we blame God. Christianity is so boring. Just go to church. That's like, there's so much more. Let's go back to our favorite place, the Garden of Eden. Because the lie in the garden was that if we eat the fruit, what? We're going to see what God sees. That was the lie, right? You will become as God, knowing good and evil. But we became blind as moles, and we've been messing around in the dirt ever since. So how do we see what God sees and how God wants us to see, especially in this fallen state? Because the conflict is this. Do we trust our eyes like the snake said? Because after all, I guess we can see like God now and I guess our eyes have been opened and we can see everything. So do we trust our eyes? Do we trust what we see? Because last time I checked, 2022 is, is, like the meme says, 2020. Two, it's the same thing. Nothing's really changing. But the conflict is, do I trust these eyes or do I turn to God? Because God says it still takes faith to see what I see. And if we're going to trust in our fallen snake eyes, then we're not going to see much. I think it's kind of, uh, kind of weird and hilarious that a snake was talking to us about what we see. Dude, you're a snake. You don't see much. You had to climb in a tree just to look at us eye to eye. But your eyes will be open, dude. I swear. Just, you know, hey, just a word of advice. You know, take into account the salesperson before you buy the product. If a snake's talking to you about what you see, it's not a, that's not a, they slither on the ground. You know that, right? But God is saying... It still takes faith to see what I want you to see. And I don't care if you've been around the block and you've seen a couple of things. You're still going to have to activate your faith to see what needs to be seen. So what about seeing what God sees? Let's do a thought experiment because I guess we're all thought scientists right now. Try to imagine what it would be like to see what God sees for one second. What God sees for one second. So we're looking at what? The whole universe, galaxies upon galaxies, everything that has ever happened in the past, everything that will ever happen in the future, everything that is happening right now, every thought, every word, every prayer, and oh, also that other reality we don't inhabit called the spiritual realm that seems to be more real than this reality right now. One second. Let's see that. Would that be a blessing or would that be a curse? We'd be taking you to Keno Hospital like right about now, right? Because we can't handle it. We can't handle the truth. Our hard drive can't handle the infinite information that's on God's server. But God is saying, I still want you to see it. That's where the faith comes in. The lie was, You can take a shortcut and eat this fruit, apple, or pear, or whatever it was, and you can do this, and it was a total sham, it was a total debacle, but God is still saying, no, you still can do it, but activate your faith, because I want you to see this. Hebrews 11.1, faith makes us sure of what we hope for and gives us proof of what we cannot see. So what happens in 2022? 
Like I said, this isn't just some rah-rah sermon. We're going to see some cool stuff. Just wait for it. Vision does come by faith. And we need to see uh, by trusting God and, and, how, and how God needs to reveal things to us on a deeper level and on a larger scale. Who here is like, you know what? I'm just in cruise control. Life is good. I'm great. I'm here on a Wednesday and everything just the best. 2022 is going to be a breeze. I got so much money in the bank right now, it's not even funny. I'm just killing it. And uh, I'm just kind of hanging out here at church. That's you, cool, right? Write a book, I don't know, do what you got to do. For me, 2022 is like for you, make or break. God, you're going to have to meet with me this year. God, you're going to have to touch me. God, you're going to have to speak with me. God, you're going to have to reveal some things to me. Because I just turned 40 yesterday, and I ain't liking this right now. I can see what everyone else sees in 2022, but I'm not talking about that. I don't care. That's cool. You, can got, you got your YouTube channel, and you, you know all the inside stuff. That's great. Congratulations. I don't care. You know what I say in 2022? Be thou my vision. Be thou my vision. Let's talk about blurred vision. Because in our text, this man is sitting there waiting for someone to take notice, waiting for someone to help him. And Jesus comes in Mark 8, 22. It says, they came to Bethsaida and some people brought a blind man, begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. And when he'd spit on the man's eyes, he put his hands on him. Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people and they look like trees walking around. See, in the first century, if you were born blind, you were going to die blind. You were blind. You were the blind man. And when they wrote about you in a book that's going to last forever, your name is the blind man. Jesus walks up and he changes everything. Jesus does that. Let's not ever get so familiar with Jesus that we forget that he is the change factor. That he is that variable in the equation that jacks everything up, the triangle. He's that. And so Jesus walks into this story and changes the whole course of the story. Why do we forget that Jesus changes the course of people's stories when we're sitting here in January of 2022 and saying, gee, I, I wish things would change for me. I hope it changes this year. But we know Jesus. Yeah, I, yeah, we know Jesus. Jesus changes everything. Jesus walks up. Jesus is the light, capital T, capital L. And he walks up and he opens this guy's eyes just like that. Here's a man swimming in literal darkness. He hears the voice of the light speak, and his eyes are opened. Our prayer is, Jesus, open my eyes. There's times where we can walk, even, even as Christians, we're walking in the light, we're, we're walking in truth, we're walking in the Lord, and there, you, you just got to stop, and you're like, wait a minute. Am I really, do I, am I seeing everything? Am I seeing everything as it is? Not because you're a bad person or you're deficient in any way. We're humans. The Bible doesn't say that this blind man was a deficient person or a bad person or a sinner. He was just blind. 
And our prayer is, Jesus, come and open my eyes. Give me vision. So Jesus opens the man's eyes. He wasn't blind anymore. He could perceive light. But the problem is he couldn't focus. Maybe you've heard this before, but in his book, an anthropologist on Mars, neurologist Oliver Sacks, talks about a man named Virgil who'd been blind from childhood. And when he was 50, Virgil underwent a surgery where they were able to give him sight. He gets off the table. He comes out of post-op. They take the bandages off his eyes. And for the first time, Virgil can perceive shapes in light and he can see. The only problem is, is that his ability to see was confusing. Because although he was able to make out colors and movement, he couldn't arrange them into a coherent picture for his brain. And Dr. Sachs says that actually his experience with sight was terrifying. Where he would close his eyes again because he couldn't handle it. It was almost more of a curse than it was a blessing. Scientifically, the focus of light rays are then directed to the back of your eye onto the retina, which acts like a film in a camera. Then the cells of the retina absorb and convert the light into electrochemical impulses, which are transferred along the optical nerve to the brain. The brain is instrumental in helping us and to translate these images into something we can understand. So Virgil's brain wasn't translating the images. In the story in our Bible, the same thing was happening to this man. He could see the light and he could see the shapes but he didn't understand it. Sometimes as Christians, we can see light. We know Jesus is here. We can see the shape of things. We can kind of understand things a little bit. But when this blind man says, I see men like trees walking, we're like, man, I know exactly how you feel. I know exactly where you're coming from because I get it, but I don't get it. Or is it just me, right? I see it, but I don't comprehend it. He could see it, but he couldn't understand it. And you may think, well, I'm just 16 years old, and well, I'm just 36 years old, and well, I'm just 56 years old, and maybe there's a lack of focus, or maybe we've had a wild year and a half. Maybe our ability to focus and to comprehend is slipping. I think sometimes when we get to this point, we can think, man, it's just me. I'll figure it out somehow. I'll figure it out. I don't know what's happening. I, you know, I'm, I'll figure it out. What if Jesus were to be like, you good, dude? And he's like, yeah, I'm good. And Jesus is like, all right, deuces, bro. What if a story ended like that? This guy would be in a world of trouble and he probably would have been better off blind. This man, Virgil, over time, he learned to identify various objects, but his habits, his behaviors were those of a blind man. Dr. Sachs asserts, one must die as a blind person to be born again as a seeing person. It is the interim limbo that is so terrible. One must die as a blind person and be born again as a seeing person. So, Jesus asked him, you good, bro? And he's like, no, I'm not. He did something very interesting. You know what he did? Wait for it. He told the truth. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
it's not over, this, no, it's all jacked up. I see trees and they, they're walking around. And so Jesus, because he's patient, puts his hands on his eyes again. How many times have I come to Jesus and been like, can you do that again? The whole hands on my face, the mud, or whatever you did, that thing. Just do it, please. He is so patient with us. And then he says, look up. When Jesus puts his hands on your face and tells you to look up, you know some good stuff's going to happen. Some good stuff. What's the story of Nebuchadnezzar? We know that story. He loses his mind for seven years. He's out there at, in the back 40 eating grass on all kinds of medication, fingers, nails grown out. And they just leave him there. In his words, he says, when I looked up and said, the Lord is God, then my sanity returned to me. When you look up, good things happen. Where it's like, you know what, God, I can't see this. I can't understand this. I can't perceive this. I see the lights. I see the shapes. I see all of this stuff. But Jesus is saying, I'm right here, but I need you to look up. I need you to look up. Let's look at somebody else who looked up. Because there's vision where you just can't see. There's darkness. There's vision where, uh, a vision uh, impairments where your mind and your eyes aren't communicating. And then there's vision impairments where there's stuff in your eyes, i.e. tears. John 20, 11 says, but Mary stood outside the tomb weeping and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb and she saw two angels in white sitting at one at the head and the other at the foot where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, because they've taken away my Lord and I don't know where they put him. Here's a woman who's just broken, broken. We know Mary's story. Jesus had cast out seven demons. Pastor Sergey, uh, I encourage you, like Pastor, Pastor Pinnock was talking about, uh, watch the Prescott Conference. Check out Pastor Sergey's sermon first. It's Super awesome. They're all great. But he's talking about how he's in Russia and this woman is, is demon-possessed and she starts to manifest and he says, great. And he calls over his, his son, his, his PK son, so his son can look at, see what's happening and, and they cast out a demon out of this woman. Jesus cast out seven demons out of this woman. So my question is, what was Mary's vision for her life before she met Jesus? A whole lot of hell, right? Not much, right? I remember my dad telling me the story of a woman, I think I've shared this before, of a woman that they found in Salt Lake. She was from California. She was part of a, a witch's coven and they were there for the summer solstice to do some demonic Satan worshiper stuff up in the mountains like they like to do. And she was accosted by someone she didn't know and that person eventually like just disappeared on her. But like this person directed her to the phone number of the church where my dad was, long story short. They meet up with this woman, all kinds of crazy stuff are happening. And my mom and dad are praying over her. And when they're done praying, she says, what were all those dark things screaming coming out of me? Mary Magdalene had this same experience. What was her vision for her life 
before Jesus. Not much. This woman saw darkness darker than we will ever know. But then this woman saw a great light and she followed him closely. She followed him closely. But now the great light is dead, laying in a dark tomb. And now Mary is crying and she can't see. Sometimes life and your vision for life don't happen like you see it. Sometimes our vision, our field of vision is crowded with tears. We just did a service for our brother Edwin Luster. I've known that man my whole life. I went and saw him laying in state and, and I just had to hold it together. I know he's in heaven. I miss him. We've seen a lot of that. And she's sitting outside of a dark tomb. Her vision's all blurry. Verse 14, now when she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And who are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned to him and said, Rabboni. When he said her name, her eyes were opened. Her vision was blurry. She was making assumptions. She was disillusioned. Everything that she thought was right was going wrong. And then Jesus called her name, and it was him. Nothing changed. Everything changed. Nothing changed. Everything changed. She heard his voice, and she saw clearly. The light of the world filled her eyes. What did she see? She saw his face. She saw Jesus' face. Be thou my vision. And everything was perfectly clear. See, Jesus changes everything. You ever wonder why all the disciples faced death and they almost, like, they did it willingly? Like, they were down for it? Why? Just to see his face again. His face. When we see his face, everything becomes clear. We're able to think clearly. We're able to live clearly. We're able to say, you know what, God, I, I understand what this is all about now. So if I'm preaching a New Year's sermon, I guess I got to come up with some catchy, clever, rhyming phrase. So let's go with this. I want to see you in 2022. What do you want to see in 2022? I want to see you. I don't, I don't care about this other stuff. I want to see Jesus. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence, my light. The old hymn, Be thou my vision. According to tradition, St. Patrick in the 5th century was 
went back to Ireland. He wasn't Irish. He was an English kid who was stolen by the Irish and escaped, got saved, and went back to Ireland to preach the gospel. And the pagan kings declared that no one lights a fire until this pagan festival begins. And in defiance, they say that Patrick light, lit a fire on Slain Hill. And because of his defiance, the king was so impressed that he let Patrick evangelize the Irish. Two centuries later, a monk by the name of Dalen Forgale wrote the Irish poem, Rope to Me by All, which became Be Thou My Vision. And it was in memory of what Patrick did. In the 20th century, Mary Elizabeth Byrne translated the poem into English, and in 1912, Eleanor Hall versified it and turned it into the poem, the hymn that we sing. But what I find most interesting about this whole story is that the monk Dalen Forgale, according to tradition, was blind. He wrote, High King of heaven, my victory won. May I reach heaven's joys, O bright heaven's sun. Heart of my own heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. Where this man said, I don't care what happens in the rest of life. I want to see your face. I want to see who you are. What I love about this story about Mary Magdalene, it's the first time in all recorded history where we see Jesus have to tell somebody, dude, chill, right? He said, take your hands off of me. I haven't even gone up to heaven yet. It's a big, long thing. I'll explain to you later. But go tell your brothers. She saw his face and she grabbed onto him. I don't know what you want to see this year, but I know who I want to see. See, we've been touched by death and tragedy. I was talking to Saddam Rael on Tuesday, and I, I just said, hey, we, we're having too many of these, talking about funerals. And she said, we've had almost 20 funerals since 2020. I was talking to uh, Pastor Dion Howard, who's coming uh, for revival pretty soon here, and we we're talking about this, and he said something to the effect that people's visions get messed up when people start dying around us. It affects us. Revelation 21.4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He's going to wipe away all the tears and when he wipes away the tears, what will we see? We're going to see his face clearly. Well, that's cool. That's in the future. No, that's now. I want to see Jesus' face now. I was talking to Corey Galindez the other day, and we're just sharing like crazy Gabe and Corey stories, and he's like, man, I'm not going to tell this one. You won't believe me. I said, try me. So he told me some crazy Corey story. So I counter with the crazy Gabe story. It's the same story. Apparently, Jesus likes to sneak up on both of us. I want to see him. Pastor Sergey was talking about a 12-year-old girl who had an experience with Jesus in her room and he rebuked her parents and told them they were crazy because they were just writing it off. No, I, I want to see him. I want to see him. So what will you see in 2022? Who will you see? Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me save that thou art. 
Thou my best thought by day or by night, waking or sleeping, my presence, my light. A blind man wrote that. Jesus, I want to see you. I'm tired of messing around on the periphery. I'm tired of just kind of just, if you're here and you're available to me and you will give me the honor and the blessing of seeing your face, that's all I want. Am I going to see Jesus in my news feed? No. Am I going to see Jesus on social media? No. But I know where to find him. I know where he is. And there's things that I wanted to see this year. But as I started thinking about all of this, and and this in the light of Jesus, everything else is dim. Everything else is like, yeah, so what? Man, Jesus, I want you. So you're asking yourself, so okay, so what what happens when you see Jesus? Okay, let's get practical. After that, what happens? You want to see him again. You want to see him again. Jesus, where are you? Like the gathering demoniac. Dude, I want to go with Jesus had to tell him, no, I, I need you to the capitalism stuff. We know the story. But if you have an experience with Jesus, man, you can't quit. And who's to say that 2022 isn't the year where you say, you know what? Hey, I got this crazy Corey Galinda story I want to tell you. I got this crazy, man, I was just praying, man. And I saw the face of, hey, it's real. It changes everything. Some of us have been lost to depression, anxiety, you look at his face it changes everything if you look into his eyes see that fire burning I can't explain it you're gonna have to experience it and what's awesome about this is that Mary Magdalene wasn't this great saint this great pastor the blind man was just a blind man and you were just you, sitting in your seat or hanging out at your house or wherever you're taking this in. And Jesus is saying, I still want you to see me. I'll close with this. I was holding my son. I forget which one it was. It's probably Ethan because he's more affectionate. And he looked up at me and he grabbed my face He's like one and a half. And he looked me in the eyes. And then he gave me a kiss. And then he went back to being Ethan. And as a dad, I'll never forget that. And Jesus is like, hey, let's get face to face. I'm here for you in 2022. That's what it's about. All that other stuff, yeah, it's cool, whatever, who cares? Look for me as I'm here for you. Let's bow our head and close our eyes in prayer. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. 
So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.